0: DocuPied, a podcast about anime, manga, light novels, and industry news. I'm your host, Brandon, otherwise known as DocPay. In this episode, I have a new manga series to talk about. There have actually been quite a few recent light novel acquisitions or licenses that were announced that I'm pretty interested in, especially over at J-Novel Club. They're still publishing parts for the first volumes of a couple of them, so once those are finished and I read them, I'm going to have quite a few new series to uh, chat about on this podcast. So look forward to that. But anyway, that was just a little aside. This week, I'm talking about the manga series, ZOM 100, Bucket List of the Dead, written by Haro Aso and illustrated by Kotaro Takada. This series is published in English by Viz Media. It's part of their signature line. There are currently two volumes available so far. The third volume is due to release in August, and there are eight volumes in Japan and it's currently ongoing. Before I really jump in, you know, give me my thoughts as usual, let me read the blurb on the back of the book of, well, the first volume at least, to give you an idea of the setup for this story. After spending years toiling away for a soul-crushing company, Akira's life has lost its luster. But when a zombie apocalypse ravages his town, it gives him the push he needs to live for himself. Now Akira is on a mission to complete all 100 items on his bucket list before he, well, kicks the bucket. In a trash filled apartment, 24 year old Akira Tendo watches a zombie movie with lifeless, envious eyes. After spending 3 hard years in an exploitative corporation in Japan, his spirit is broken. He can't even muster the courage to confess his feelings. To his beautiful co worker, Otori. Then one morning, he stumbles upon his landlord eating lunch, which happens to be another tenant. The whole city is swarming with zombies, and even though he's running from the impending doom, Akira has never felt more alive. Yeah, that kind of does really sum it up. I say this almost every time that, you know, people are paid to write these, and I do, I think they do a good job. So, <laughs> oh, maybe not always, I don't know. But this really does sum up the main thrust of the story to kind of preface my thoughts on this series what's really interesting is what like early 2010s something like that maybe a little before zombies were the thing everything was zombies zombie video games zombie movies zombie manga zombie anime they just zombies in everything and I don't know about you you dear listener but I was absolutely sick of zombie stuff for quite a while. I mean I'm not one to ignore something good because it's overdone. I mean shit I read a lot of isekai so who am I to talk. But I was actually well and truly done with zombie stuff for a very long time. I just couldn't get into them anymore. I just didn't have the energy to be like yep it's another zombie story. I guess fast forward to now and I guess it's been enough time and there's been enough of a lull that when I see new zombie stuff, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I don't immediately bounce off it like I did for quite a while. And I'm really glad I didn't for this story. Zom 100 is really good. Like, just, it's very entertaining. I bought the first volume on a bit of a whim. I saw a couple panels from it, I think, you know, on Viz's Twitter or something. And they were talking about an upcoming pre-order or that it was available for pre-order. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, this seems interesting. Volume one. Yeah, sure. So that was earlier this year. And so, yeah, I said, eh, whatever, I throw, I'll throw it on my pre-order list. So I did. I buy enough manga and light novels that I can, I can justify giving new things a go. Like, yeah, okay, I'll buy the first volume, see what I think. I guess maybe that's kind of the opposite point. I buy a lot So maybe I shouldn't be willy-nilly throwing money around on new stuff without vetting them, but whatever. It's more like a drop in the bucket. No, I'm not some crazy rich person. I just spend way too much money on this stuff. Anyway, so I gave it a go. It arrived one day. You know, I wasn't, I don't really keep track necessarily of like when things are due to release and come out. Once I've actually got them on my pre-order list, like once they're already ordered, you know, they'll show up when they show up is my mindset usually. So it did, and I opened it, and I read it cover to cover while I was putting away everything else. Initially, I just opened it up to to see, like, oh yeah, I did buy this. And then I looked it over and was like, oh, I skimmed through it. Like, oh, this seems interesting. So I just, in the middle of putting everything else away that came with that order, I decided to just read the volume. And it really, it really got me. Like, not to say that I've worked for some, like, crazy exploitative company like Akira does, Or did in this story, but I think we've all had our brush with like bad companies and bad corporate office cultures and stuff like that. Whether or not you've you know lived in Japan and worked there, that that stuff exists all over. It's very not unique to Japan. Not a lot of love lost from me with uh, corporations and companies. We'll just leave it at that. So there was something immediately relatable to me about the start of this story and the concept that for someone in our main character uh akira's position that a zombie apocalypse wasn't some i mean it you know is the end of the world apocalypse kind of thing but like to him he basically now gets to celebrate his freedom in that regard and i know that sounds like a crazy premise and a crazy character from someone who maybe hasn't experienced that kind of thing and not to say i have either to that degree remotely but watching him learn about the apocalypse you know that there are zombies everywhere now and his first thought in the story is I'm going to be late for work and then his second thought is wait I don't have to go into work I'm free that just hit me in all kinds of ways well I'd never go so far as to say that like a younger audience couldn't understand or enjoy this in that way this definitely hits harder once you know you've been in the workforce working for companies and corporations for a number of years and you start to see you know some of the things he did to varying degrees and you're just like ground into dust over it all so before i continue and make this into some anti work anti corporation rant i'm just filling in some gaps here in terms of like I definitely related to this and enjoy it definitely because I relate to it, but also everything else about it's actually really enjoyable. So I'll get into all that. I just wanted to lay down the foundation of like, this story resonates with me a little more directly. And so I was sucked in because of that. And then I stayed because it's enjoyable because it's good. So I guess I'll go through my normal list of uh, characters, plot story, art, etc. Okay, so our characters. I've mentioned him, the blurb did, but our main character's name is Akira Tendo. I would say so far in the story, there are three kind of primary characters. You have Akira, you have his friend Kenichiro Ryuzaki, and then you have the kind of main female lead who he meets uh, in a convenience store, Shizuka Mikazuki. He's the one on the cover with Akira on the motorcycle. For this kind of story, Akira's A really great protagonist the author does a fantastic job of showing how beat down how i mean they said this themselves in the story a little bit but the employees and his co-workers and him were wage slaves they were corporate zombies they looked almost as bad as the actual zombies in the story are like depicted that's how bad things were for him and them at the company that he work for. The stage is set really appropriately like that. You go from corporate zombie to real zombies. Our main character has the look of the living dead about him. And then when he actually realizes that he's free because of this, he comes alive. He regains, you know, expressions, emotion, reactions to things. Like he's an entirely different character from the beat down, broken employee that they show him zombie to this happy-go-lucky day-by-day like living his life kind of character who's just who just wants to enjoy things again and that's kind of Akira. He doesn't sweat the small stuff when he has an idea he just kind of decides to go for it. I wouldn't necessarily call him an idiot but he's got that like stupid happy kind of vibe to him. I guess I should elaborate on what kind of story this is i i think you're getting it already but it is a comedy but it's a you know supernatural like horror adventure-ish story you know because it's a zombie apocalypse but it's a comedy but not in the parody sense like there is a real zombie apocalypse characters really are dying around them the world is collapsing like it is hard to explain When you're used to like Western parodies of zombie stuff, because it's not that there is like a serious zombie apocalypse around that is an actual danger and threat to our main character. But like the way it's portrayed or the way he acts is like it's it's like this vacation, like he's free, like he can do whatever he wants. It's this really interesting tightrope balancing act of comedy horror or like comedy drama. And I think it does a really good job of balancing that and hitting the right tone for the most part. So then we have his best friend, uh, nicknamed Kencho, which is Kenichiro, and he had kind of the opposite problem. He lived this glamorous esque like life that was, you know, glamour on the outside but rotten, hollow on the inside kind of thing. And he and Akira were best friends through college met up to drink at some point after and it had been like a year since they met up because they had this kind of blow up argument about work and stuff and it took a zombie apocalypse to reunite them and essentially free them both Akira helps free Kensho from his mindset and from his like mental worries and so Kensho you know he has a dream he wants to be a comedian it's not really a spoiler doesn't really matter to most things but he has this dream and he decides that, okay, you know what? You're making this bucket list of things you're going to do before you die. I'm going to add to it too and I'm going to do some stuff. And so things happen, they meet up, Akira kind of saves Kensho, and now we've got two insane happy-go-lucky guys just trying to live out their dreams in a zombie apocalypse, making the best of... Whatever they got, whatever they can do. On the flip side, we've got our kind of main female protagonist, Shizuka. She's nothing like those two. You meet her kind of in the middle of the first volume, and she comes back in the second volume for some of the stuff there. She's not part of their group, but she kind of runs into them a few times now. She's the opposite of Akira, where he's, you know, day by day, happy go lucky don't sweat the small stuff kind of attitude she's got the quantify and analyze risk taking this all very seriously although her outfit is confusing for someone taking things seriously she's wearing like a like athletic wear for like working out with enough exposed skin that you're like you know it is a zombie apocalypse and it spreads through bite so might not have been the best choice of outfit for someone who's so concerned with risk analysis, but hey, you know, he's got a nice character design. <laughs> uh, I mean she's drawn cute, sexy. Is what it is. That's one aspect of this story I guess I haven't mentioned. It's not really heavy, but there is the occasional like fan servicey nudie bits. Um you know, for one, Shizuka's outfit is like a tracksuit. So tight fitting, exposed like stomach definitely there for the the appeal and it works I like the design <laughs> I just think it's weird on someone whose character is all about minimizing and analyzing risk well anyway uh but yeah so then you know there's the occasional other fan servicey bits but it's not like upskirts and it's not it's not weird if that makes sense it's kind of straightforward like yep there's some boobs or like you know, they meet up with some other survivors at some point, and then you see Kensho and a girl he meets with naked, you know, after getting it on. So like a little bit of both, you know. Kensho's frequently shirtless, and he's got this nice, like ripped body. So you get a little bit of a man service, and then you get a little bit of boobs from the female. It's you know, or in her underwear. Now that I think about it, yeah, it's actually pretty even in terms of seeing like Kensho and some other girls. So there's a little bit of everything for everyone but like I said it's not like the it's not the weird kind you know you know what I mean not to say I haven't read and haven't enjoyed some of that myself but it's it's not the weird fan service like the why is there fan service in this kind of vibe this is the you know two adults are banging so duh of course there's some a little bit of nudity so yeah that's that's our kind of three main characters and I guess i kind of mentioned this already but yeah this is definitely more of an not an adult story but the main characters are all like young adults um like mid-20s or so which come on for like japanese anime or manga they may as well be like elderly you know compared to every other story and and characters every is a little harsh but you get the gist so that's kind of another reason this story resonated with me a little bit more was all the characters are well the younger than me now but not by that much. Though so in terms of story it starts off with at least in you know so I'm only talking about the first two volumes that's all I have on hand and generally speaking it starts off with that really nice kind of juxtaposition between Akira's life as a zombie corporate slave And then, you know, the apocalypse and life with actual real zombies. He goes on to start making this bucket list and he gets himself into some kind of crazy absurd scenarios while some like real tragedy and apocalyptic shade is happening all around him. He meets other characters on occasion. The first volume, you know, he meets up with Kensho, saves him, and then they're kind of a duo together. Uh, he meets Shizuka, so it's it's very much setting up all this stuff. While there is, you know, quite a bit of setting the stage and getting to know the characters, I think it does a really great job setting the tone for the story, how it's going to kind of present itself, and there are some genuinely, like, good story beats in terms of things that resonated with me, and then also, you know, how our, our two friends Akira and Kensho reunite and kind of make up come clean about everything that they were thinking and feeling like it's nice to see communication like that clearing up like clearing the air between friends you know after an old fight kept them apart it was refreshing to see like adult characters doing doing things and then there's the comedy there's a bit of humor and comedy in terms of the way the zombies are used anytime akira is involved while they are like actually threatening and could be a real problem for him, he kind of just, the way he's portrayed, the way he goes about his life now that he's free, it's really like they're not actually a problem to him. Like they're there and they're more of a nuisance. He treats them more like an annoyance, not like something that's going to like ruin his day. Obviously, he understands the actual danger about them, but the way he acts and the way he considers them is interesting and this mindset kind of continues through the first two volumes, you know, and it's going to be a like central piece of this story because it's all about him trying to accomplish this bucket list of a hundred items to do before he dies kind of thing Volume two is is both of them now having this bucket list together and trying to fill it out because it's not full of 100 items at least not as of yet they're still writing out everything they want to do thinking up things to add and so that's the kind of thrust of volume 2 is they now have an actual list of nonsensical things that Akira wants to accomplish and so you know one of them for example is play video games on a big screen So they go to Ikebukuro and they go shopping for a big screen, and more like they get trapped because of some crazy zombies and burning cars and stuff, and get into another crazy situation that they have to then get out of. And, you know, the second kind of story thread of Volume 2 is Akira remembers his dream of what he wanted to be as a kid. And it's pretty funny. It's very Akira. And so. They end up going to an aquarium to try and acquire a certain item. It's not really a spoiler to tell you any of this, but I'll just avoid specifics just in case anyone is like that particular. Um, anyway, they end up running into Shizuka there. Things happen. They rescue some people. They get out. Again, That that's kind of going to be the, I think, general flow of the story going forward is just working through this list, getting into crazy situations, getting out of them through dumb, sheer luck or grit, or is just it'll work out kind of attitude. And along the way, there's some actual, like, pretty down to earth character moments from both people that Akira and Kencho meet, and also them, like, overcoming their own, like, personal traumas and mental hang ups and things like that. It looks like volume three, they're actually going to be leaving Tokyo, which I guess I didn't say, but they, this is set in Tokyo. You know, they go to Shinjuku to, well, not they, Akira goes to Shinjuku to rescue Kensho. They go to Ikebukuro, that kind of thing. So set in like Tokyo, then they decide to, at the end of volume two, head to Akira's hometown in Gunma. I think the formula is a good one. There is a really interesting and like good contrast between the like zombie horror bits and the comedy, and also the just like relatable, I won't call them life lessons necessarily, but realizations and character moments that we get. There's a lot more packed in here than you would imagine from what might up front seem like a kind of like, like another schlocky zombie story this is not another high school of the dead you know that one is a zombie story with like super hype hyper amounts of fan service and I enjoyed it for the schlock there's a distinct appeal to that type of story but this isn't this isn't that and then I guess finally the art I haven't really touched on this much but I do quite enjoy the art the zombies are frightening you know, disgusting-looking, really messed up. Like they're legit zombies, um, terrifying in their own way. And every panel with them, you see them all around in the background as Akira is just kind of doing its thing or or whatever. And yeah, I mean, it really goes to show you how messed up the world is. But yeah, I think the artwork does a good job of kind of depicting that grotesque, like realistic danger. Then Akira himself. Um, Well, backing up, everything's drawn in these, like, kind of... I mean, it's not unusual for manga, but nice, bold outlines. Everything's, like, real distinct, dramatic, dynamic, and just very bold. Akira himself, you know, especially up front, you can really see how worn down and broke down he is as a person, along with, like, all of his co-workers. And then as soon as he, you know, is, like, free and decides to, like, mentally, he's finally free of himself. He's super expressive, really kind of a loud, boisterous type character. He reacts to everything, you know, incredibly strongly. That is very kind of manga-esque, I will say, of course, but within this world, he's the only one doing that. Everyone else is, like, very serious, and obviously it's a zombie apocalypse, so they have, generally speaking, kind of frightened or or dreadful expressions, very serious looks about them, whereas Akira is just wacky, (laughs) Um, but in a good way. Shizuka is drawn very attractively. Um, I mean, the very first scene, like, we meet her, she's, like, drinking water in a convenience store in this, like, track-ish outfit, you know, drenched in, in, like, sweat. Very, very appealing character design, and just look overall similarly in kind of the opposite vein Kento is kind of uh initially dressed as this like suave like tan playboy-esque type character and what's interesting is both he and Akira are f- you know formerly rugby players so they're both fairly in shape and we get to see them with their shirts off quite a bit and they've got you know a decent amount of uh, muscle and tone to them In comparison to Shizuka's like toned body so a little bit of both. Uh, Once again happy to report the action is really easy to follow the characters are drawn very expressively you know when they're intended to be uh, and they can contrast really well with both the grotesque like zombies in the background and the like remaining living characters. You've got some like nice cityscapes Because this is still set in Tokyo and one thing I will say is the aquarium is frightening. Don't ever go there in a zombie apocalypse. It's a ridiculous stupid idea. If you've ever seen or read Gyo, or I guess if you've read this story already, you know what I'm referring to here. If whatever future zombie apocalypse awaits out there affects animals, yeah, stay away from an aquarium and a zoo. It just seems like a bad idea. So yeah, the artwork is good, Um, nice, like strong, bold lines, easy to follow action, grotesque, terrifying monsters, very expressive characters. Overall, Zom 100 was just a complete surprise for me. I bought it on a bit of a whim. It seemed interesting. Really glad I did. It's a fun, funny, but also fairly relatable and... You come away with some like pretty good character moments in what seems like a wacky version of a zombie apocalypse story I, there's just a lot of kind of confusing conflictions with this story in terms of setup and characters and art and it works out it balances it all. I don't know how, but it does. I'm definitely interested to see how this continues you know what else is on that bucket list or how else Akira and Kensho go about tackling that bucket list, when they'll next run into Shizuka, when will she finally join their group? This is definitely a series where every time the volume arrives, before I even put everything else on the shelf, I just read that vol I just read the volume as it comes in. It's it's a quick, fast read. I guess one thing I could also mention is uh it's not super dialogue heavy. Um there's definitely some internal uh, thoughts from various characters whoever kind of the POV character is it's typically Akira himself Um, but we do get you know for example the setup where we meet Kensho we see him by himself and his thoughts and and dialogue we see Shizuka's when she's by herself there's not really any like narration that I remember seeing generally it's all either internal or like, spoken dialogue, internal thoughts, spoken dialogue. It's not a very heavy, dense read. I think it's got a nice, like, breezy feel to it, so you'll get through it pretty quick, but it's well worth the read. I think I'm going to wrap it up there before uh, I ramble on about how much I enjoyed this series even more, so there you go. That is Psalm 100, Bucket List of the Dead, published in English by Viz Media, written by Haro Aso, and illustrated by Kotaro Takara. There are two volumes currently available. The third volume is due to release in August. If you've come out of the zombie rejection phase like I have, you've, you've gotten over that revulsion towards new zombie stories or media, or maybe you just haven't thought about zombie stuff in a while, well, don't worry about it. Give this one a go. It's definitely worth the read. Thanks for listening. You can follow my Twitter, I am DocPay for updates. And please, if you liked Occupied, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. If you can't leave a review there, go do it on Apple or iTunes. Every review helps. I'll catch you next time.